Hey there, thank you for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast. We're on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. You can even ask Alexa to play the Big Time Talker podcast with Burke Allen, and like magic, we will appear. Our guest today makes magic happen for small business people. Shelly Berman Rivera is the president of a company called Small Business Results. She's been at this a long time, and we thought we would bring her in to talk uh, business in the era of covid the podcast in service of our friends at speakermatch.com. Shelly, you're in Boston. You're a longtime business owner. So it's the dead of winter and it's the dead of business winter for a lot of people. Are you keeping your chin up? Are you staying positive? I am positive. Even Miss Optimism over here has had days where I can say, not just WFH, but WTF. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Um, it's certainly calling upon our resiliency, tenacity, and, uh, you know, shared determination. It's just challenging. By the way, if you're a, a, a reader, you may want to pick up Shelley's book. It's called 100 Tips uh, to Small Business Results, available at Amazon.com, wherever you get your books. Um, I want to rewind for a, a, a minute to your early start in business and make sure that I have this right, because it appears that the businesses you started would be really tough to maintain today. I mean, you early on ran a dance studio, very successful dance studio in the Boston area, um, and then we're, we're doing sort of uh, physical training and personal training, that sort of thing for a long time. Um, those businesses, businesses that, that bring people together, like those, like uh, entertainment venues, like movie theaters, They've really got a tough way to get out of this. What What's the answer there? You, you hear pivot all the time, but there's some businesses where you just can't pivot, right? I mean, you bring up a really, really, I hadn't really looked backwards, but if I was teaching dance right now, I would have, the doors would have been shut. Sure. If I was, well, the personal training, um, I don't think I would have, I have a training studio in my home. So, you know, I still think with a mask and one-to-one, I could have survived other than the times where we told you just can't. Um, But that would have survived. And don't forget my mortgage has to be paid. So it's not like you have an additional space, but for people in the training business, uh, including my son owns a gym, uh, that hard hit, really hard hit. Um, And, you know, you come to today, I was already doing a lot. People were already saying, I can't really get there. Can we do this virtually? So I was already here and in some ways perfectly positioned for the pandemic, although that's a kind of bittersweet way to get clients. So you were uh, a female entrepreneur and business owner in a time where there were not a whole lot of other women business owners and entrepreneurs doing that. And as you kind of look back on it now, um, was that a, a unique thing to you at the time? Did you go, wow, you know, I'm, I'm a lady in, in a boys club or did you just charge ahead and, and never give it much thought? I never gave it thought in that way. It was more looking back. Um, every time I took a job, I was a marketing director at a racket club in Boston And every time I took a job, I had creative ways to 
execute, get things done, a lot of energy and excitement. And yet when you work for a corporation, no decisions could be made without long-term planning, no great ideas. And I ended up selling 600 memberships in six weeks and yet bumped up a lot of, you know, corporate stuff, decision-making, slow playing. And I just knew I, I I didn't want to work for anybody else because it just didn't allow me to tap into my energy, my creativity. Um, and I think that for me, I was just born this way. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I think it's just more my nature. And it's really important that people think, you know, can I do this? Because there are definitely highs and lows and it's, it's grueling, but exhilarating all, all at the same time. Shelly Berman Ribera is our guest today. She's the president of Small Business Results in the Boston area and has been an entrepreneur, very successful business owner, communication strategist for over three decades now. I don't want to give away your age, so I'm not going to, but I'm just going to say that you've been at this for a minute. And for other small business people who maybe don't have the length of time in the game that you have, what words of wisdom would you give them right now in what is arguably been the most challenging business environment in this country since the Great Depression? What would you tell these small business people to, to, to you know, give them some words of encouragement that are, that are realistic and genuine? So not one to give quick answers. Um, I really think that the most important um, mental strategy right now is to create a global picture, big thinking picture. Think big. What would you like? You know, what's the company about? What would you like? And then step back and look at the little benchmarks along the way. So then becomes the question about what we would like, but what makes sense right now. And so looking for the low hanging fruit what in your company can you sell right now? Not that that's going to lead you to the big picture. So I feel that many times when people introduce themselves, they say, well, we do this, we do this, and we do this, and I can do this, this, this. And you've already lost your prospect. Yeah. So picking the low-hanging fruit, I always say, what can we do to bring in money right now? Because if we do that, you can pay marketing people, you can do SEO, you can get a new website, but pick someone, explain to me what they want, understand the outcome they get by working with you, and sell one thing. One thing. That's really uh, my greatest advice is stop trying to be, to sell too many things. Pick something. You know, there's a, a lot of wisdom in that, and, and I think back to uh, reading case studies of, of Ray Kroc when he started McDonald's, and he really drilled it down to, you know, burgers and fries and milkshakes, and that was kind of the deal. And if you wanted pork chops, you went somewhere else. Um, I would say in in today's world, small businesses may be the key to to really coming out of this thing, but it's probably more challenging right now uh, as well as more needed than ever before. So when when someone contacts you and asks, hey, look, can you give me some some tactical advice, some strategy, where do you start? What's Where's the, the, the go on the Monopoly board? Yeah, first of all, I want to, 
commend you because what you say is what I believe. Every time we've had any kind of an economic downturn, it is small business that comes to the rescue. That's right. It's imperative. And the opportunity to start something or for gig workers to think about, it's called psychographics. What does someone need or want and how can I provide it? Which goes back into what I was saying a minute ago. So I would say to answer your question, I mean, it starts right there. What do you have to offer and what does someone want? And it needs to be, I would think, in today's world, you know, unique and compelling. You can't be one of a hundred other people uh, offering the same product or service, right? Yes. In fact, I did worked with a life coach the other day who I said to her, oh, please don't tell me you help people get unstuck. Because every life coach that I've talked to says, I help people get unstuck. Unstuck from what? From what? So there has to be, it's all the same thing that you and I are talking about. What is the need and how do we fill it? And why you? Why you? Um, you know, Shelly, there's just, a great uh, a, a kids movie that when my son was young, we watched together. And it was uh, about robots. And there was a, a robot business owner in there. And uh, Mel Brooks did the voice, and and uh, the Mel Brooks robot said, "You find a need, fill a need," and it it really comes Correct. down to that. And I, right. that's always stuck with me. Um, but I guess the, you know the big question is in today's world, as we do come out of the pandemic, and I do believe we will in fits and starts. You know, at what point do you go look? The, what I'm doing right now, I don't care how much I love it. I don't care how passionate I'm about it. It's just not sustainable. So, you know, when do you pull the ripcord and go, I, I got to move on and do something else? Gee, how do you answer that question? You think that I don't have days when I look at the magnificent brand I've created, the curriculum, the work. Everybody looks at their product and says, maybe I should just quit. Maybe I should just get, get a job. Yeah. Um, Winston Churchill says, when you're going through hell, just keep going. I understand the need for revenue. But I mean, and, and, and you know, you're asking a question. What if you're the what if you're the sole provider? And you need to bring in money. I mean, you may have to just go get a job. Otherwise, as an entrepreneur, you really there's so many stories and books where people have mortgaged their homes and sold their cars and done whatever they've had to do because they believe so much in themselves and in their offerings. So at what point do you quit? Uh, I guess that's based on whether you need to eat or not, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and someone else asked me a question. They said, you know, where did I think it all being wealthy begins? You know, I think it all begins with your spending and your saving. Really trying not to get yourself in a situation where if as an entrepreneur, maybe you don't have so much this month. I mean, December and January can be ghostly quiet. Around tax time can be ghostly quiet. Am I still in business? But I think part of that is being prepared for the highs and lows. Running a business that can sustain those times. Being money smart. That's really a huge part of being an entrepreneur. 
You know, you talked, Shelly, about, uh, look, at some point you may have to go out and get a job just to keep the lights on and keep food on the table. There are people in large swaths across our country who live in cities, live in, in small towns in America where the industry there is dried up and there there is nowhere to just go out and get a job. There isn't even a McDonald's that's hiring. or a, No you know, restaurants even. I'm, I agree with you. What you know, are you going to do? Especially today. And, and, of course, that causes all sorts of things to happen, whether it's migration to other more economically uh, advantageous areas, whether you move into the city, whether you move out of the city. Um, I wonder if you would have any thoughts for those people who are in areas like that that are just struggling economically. I always think about uh, my home area. I grew up in the coal fields of southern West Virginia, and that, that industry has been – uh, on the downward slide because of automation for the last 40 years. And then it, it tends to get helped along uh, politically sometimes when uh, when the administration says, okay, no more coal-fired power plants. Um, and, and to take yourself out of the economic and philosophical discussion a little bit and, and drill it down to the people who have subsisted in that industry for generations and generations, you know, if, if there is no job to go get, what do you do? Do you create your own way like you did as an entrepreneur? I mean, we're talking about extreme times, and I think you paint a very good picture. You know, uh, my own daughter is a college graduate capable of much, but she had took a nanny job. And why did she take a nanny job? She took one because the people that are working from home um, People, it's one of the top jobs in the entire country right now, being a nanny. Is this her life's choice? No, but she's making decent money and she moved home and she moved home. If there are no jobs, then we have to hope the government helps some people. And again, you're wise with whatever you get. Right. There are, you know, very wise. If you get 500 a week, you don't go out to dinner or you don't order in, you you, you just have to be money wise. Um, these are these are these are unique times. Yeah, I think that you do. You read as much as you can. You think of something you can sell, you can make. But I'm not saying that there's one word of that that is easy. Easy. Our guest today, you know? Shelley uh, Vervin Rivera, has run successful businesses for many many years. As a, I guess you could call yourself a serial entrepreneur. But she also coaches a lot of businesses on how to make it through tough times. Her book is 100 Tips to Small Business Results. I want to grab um, the six steps that you really highlight um, in your book. And I've always believed, Shelley, that in all things in life, including business, the best way to get through is to use the rule of kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, really drill it down. And so I love these, these six steps. And I want to go through them one by one with you and, and have you sort of put some meat on the bones. How's that sound? Yeah, you're terrific. Thank you so much for that recognition. And you and I think the same, keep it simple, stupid, but I'm not calling you stupid. <laughs> well, you know, you've got that Boston accent, so you can call me anything you want and I would listen. Uh, okay. All right. Step one here is commitment. When you say commitment in a business sense, what do you mean? Well, actually commitment is personal and business. So it is a commitment to yourself your product, your service, and your revenue. And that goes back to what you asked me. You know, I'm sitting here 
People don't tell me, don't tell me you're bored. Don't tell me you can find something. Don't find a book or a skill or something that you can deal with in terms of creativity. Um, commitment. It's a commitment to being the best that you can be. And it's a commitment to making money. And I think a part of that would be the, you know, never give up, never quit. And and that's got to be tough right now. Let's face it. You know, people have been inside and, and stuck at home in many places for the better part of a year. And, and I can see where that would take a mental toll, but you've got to have some stick-to-itiveness. Um, accountability. When you talk about accountability, you may mean something different than what I think of as accountability. What is Shelley's accountability? Okay. So... I very strongly believe in looking at what we do, we personally and professionally, every 30 days. Every 30 days, what am I doing? Am I exercising? Am I drinking water? Am I reading a book? Am I selling my product or service? On the book end is accountability. And at the end of the 30 days, what, so beginning, right, we make a 30-day commitment to walk, read, build, sell. At the end of the 30 days, we need to be able to stop and say, okay, what am I doing that's working and capitalize on it? And what am I not doing? Or what am I doing that's not working and change it? So you don't get to, that's why I love 30 days because you can start over at the first of every month. But if you wait a year and you say, you know what, what did I do different? But accountability means that you're looking at and capitalizing on the good or changing it. You know, that comes back to my years as a personal trainer. Like, make a commitment. I don't care what you're doing, but make a commitment to doing it. And at the end of the month, be able to say, what did I do? So in in your experience, those short-term goals are much more important than the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. Absolutely. I think that those bit you, what's the big picture? What are the baby steps to get there? I love when I say to a client, okay, so let me, in an ideal world, how much do you want to make this year? $120,000. Okay, what are we going to do to make 10 next month? They backpedal, their eyes are open. 10? How the hell are we going to do that? What are we going to do in 10, in 10, how are we going to do 10,000? I said, okay, okay, if we focus on how to make 10,000 every 30 days, you can stop worrying about the year. Let's just focus on the next 30 days. And if you go back to the commitment accountability model, that's the focus. What are we committing to? What happened in the 30 days? Sometimes maybe you'll make six. Then you maybe you can make eight until you finally create that commitment accountability model that brings you to 10. And you made your 120. That's just an example. Fair enough. That makes sense. Uh, the next of the six steps to small business results that you write about in your book by the way, Shelley's book, 100 Tips to Small Business Results, you talk about managing the emotional side. And, that's step five. And I would think in, um, in today's world, that's got to be probably as, as crucial as anything else. Well, you're a smart man, I'll tell you that. If you look on my website, I'm just about to launch a group program called Managing Emotion and Acting Strategically. Because that's what I am as a strategist, but I cannot tell you how many times my clients have called me in the last, call it 30 days. Shelly, can you just talk me off the ledge? I mean, I've had grown men, business owners, practically crying. Mm. We, they can't find help. They're overwhelmed at work. It's too much. Everybody's saying this is too much. It's too much. 
I had a crying business owner. She has a $2 million company. She has to be home two days to school the kids. She's got staffing issues. And you know what? They're busy. They're really, really busy. So it's not a matter of just always thinking about the destitute. It's about these clients that are busy. It's also really challenging. Managing the emotion is the only way, only way to act strategically. You know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that. I um I hear these stories about people who spent the pandemic binge watching Netflix and and they you know, I, I need another good book to read. And I have been just covered up to the teeth uh since this whole thing started. And part of that I think is is I've got an, a need to stay busy and, and I believe that, you know, a body in motion stays in motion, that sort of thing. But there are two sides of this whole thing. I guess there are the people that that have mentally and emotionally shut down, and then there are the folks that are running on fumes and risking burnout and trying to juggle way too many balls. And then there's right there, if you go back to the step of commitment, one of the components of commitment is purpose. And so having a purpose each and every day for yourself, exercising, moving, making a decent meal, Or finding a skill, finding something that you can actually, I say, this is the best time to go back to school. Man, you're stuck home. Find a scholarship, find a certification, enhance your learning. Because it's when we get back to the real world that we really can't find the time or the energy to do that extra degree or that extra learning. Um, Yeah, I mean, purpose is really having a purpose, having a vision. Um, It's an an opportune time. I hate to just say that because, you know, the pandemic is awful, but it is an opportune time to develop oneself. Well, I think you're exactly right. Well, you know, one of my clients is a fellow who won the television show America's Got Talent. He's a singer. He's a phenomenally talented singer and entertainer. He's played there in Boston. As a matter of fact, with the Boston Pops, I've been there with him four times. But right now and in the last year, he was unable to tour the entire entertainment touring industry right. is down and so he was pretty down in the dumps and and something that was this fellow's goal his name is landau murphy uh it, one of his goals was to go back to school and get his degree and i said landau you'll never have another opportunity where you're not never. you know running from city to city and town to town and airplane to airplane on tour and he buckled down and went back and got his diploma And I think that was as meaningful to him, if not more meaningful, than all the, you know, Boston Pops performances in his lifetime. I agree. You know, but that drive, you got to find that fire inside you. You have to find the fire. If you don't, I'm born with the fire. You sound like you're born with the fire. But if someone doesn't have the fire, then they really have to do some commitment work about who am I, how do I want to show up, and how can I make a difference in this world? Um, Every company I've started has been because I love doing it. I loved it, loved it. And if I didn't need to make money, I would have done it anyway. So it's really looking within to say, what can I bring to the world? How can I make a difference? And when you can do that, boy, life is much, much richer. I mean, I don't watch very much TV you know, I, it's just, it, I feel like we're on the screen all the time. My eyes start to hurt. Sure. Uh, but just to go back 
you know, step one is commitment, commitment to yourself, your product and service and revenue. Step two, focus daily results. What do you do each and every day so it doesn't get to be four o'clock and say, what the hell happened to my day? Whoops, I swore. Sorry. Step three, um, how to differentiate yourself. Just like we said at the beginning, if there were 20 life coaches in the room, why does someone want to work with you? Who's your client? What do they want? What outcome can they expect? And certainly how to market the business. You know, there's a million avenues were actually flooded, inundated, don't even know how to make a choice. So making a commitment to marketing. Step four is creating effective business relationships. I find that a lot of business owners are running around. Who can I meet? What do I need? Who's there? Who can I meet? And I really believe that I've built my company on relationships. This is even when my marketing person said, we have to do this, this, and this. And I said, listen, I'm a relationship business. Get me the marketing assets. I've got 20 people that will promote this for me. Uh, you have to build relationships that are reciprocal and that you're constantly giving so that you can constantly receive. Step five, we talked about managing emotion. And step six, accountability. What are you doing in this framework, which is a strategic framework to grow yourself and grow your company? Because the truth is a company is only as good as its leader. And so how you lead yourself how you lead your company is the answer to success. You boil it down nicely. And if you want more of uh, the small business results, steps and tips, the book is 100 tips to small business results, uh, case studies to grow business owners. And I love it's not just to grow businesses, but to grow business owners and propel revenue. The author is Shelley Berman Rivera. She's based in Boston. Um, As we record this podcast, this is a pretty big week for uh, for former New England Patriots guys. So I got to ask you, what's your thought here on on your guy moving to Tampa Bay and doing it again? What I think is he is an extraordinary example of my framework. He has a commitment to himself and his skill and his audience. What it takes to be an athlete and to excel the way he has is no gift. It's extraordinary. You wouldn't, he wouldn't be him without a commitment to excellence. And, and Gronk came back too. It was a good night for, uh, uh, for old Patriots. It was like watching the Patriots in a different uniform. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Indeed it was. Okay. That's what we kept saying. One final question because you're a Boston uh, gal. I've got to ask you a Boston music question. You've got uh, you've got an opportunity to get one ticket to a concert. Is it the group Boston? Is it Aerosmith or is it the Jay Giles Band? Where do you go? Not a big fan of any of them. So uh, me and you at the Boston Pop Symphony Orchestra. Then all right, I'll meet you there. Fair enough. <laughs> Shelley Berman Rivera is the author of 100 Tips to Small Business Results. It's available at Amazon wherever books are sold. Keep your chin up. Be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast, the service of speakermatch.com. Now go out there and make it a great day. Bye, everybody. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.